Section 5 of Radioactive Substances. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Avahi in September 2010. Radioactive Substances by Marie Curie. Chapter 3 Radiation of the New Radioactive Substances. Part 1 Methods of Investigation of the Radiation. In order to investigate the radiation emitted by radioactive bodies, any one of the properties of this radiation can be utilized. Thus, the action of the rays on photographic plates may serve, or their property of ionization of the air, which renders it a conductor, or their capacity for causing fluorescence of certain bodies. Henceforth, in speaking of these different methods of working, I shall use the expressions radiographic method, electrical method, fluoroscopic method. The first two have been used from the beginning in the study of uranium rays. The fluoroscopic method can only be applied in the case of the new bodies which are strongly radioactive, for the feebly active bodies such as uranium and thorium produce no appreciable fluorescence. The electrical method is the only one which serves for exact determinations of intensity. The other two are specially adapted for giving qualitative results, and only furnish rough approximations. The results obtained with the three methods just considered are not strictly comparable the one with the other. The sensitive plate, the gas which is ionized, the fluorescent screen, are in reality receivers which absorb the energy of the radiation and transform it into another kind of energy, chemical energy, ionic energy, or luminous energy. Each receiver absorbs a fraction of the radiation which depends essentially upon its nature. Later on, we shall see that the radiation is complex, that the fractions of the radiation absorbed by the different receivers may differ among themselves both quantitatively and qualitatively. Finally, it is neither evident, nor even probable, that the energy absorbed is entirely transformed by the receiver into the form that we wish for observation. Part of this energy may be transformed into heat, into the evolution of secondary radiations which may or may not assist in the production of the observed phenomenon, into chemical action which differs from that under observation, etc., and here also the effective action of the receiver, with reference to the end we have in view, depends essentially upon the nature of that receiver. Let us compare two radioactive substances, one containing radium and the other polonium, and which show an equal degree of activity in the condenser of figure 1. If each is covered with a thin leaf of aluminum, the second appears considerably less active than the first, and the same is the case when they are placed under the same fluorescent screen, if the latter is of sufficient thickness, or is placed at a certain distance from the two radioactive bodies. Energy of radiation Whatever be the method of research employed, the energy of radiation of the new radioactive substances is always found to be considerably greater than that of uranium and thorium. Thus it is that, at a short distance, they act instantaneously upon a photographic plate, whereas an exposure of 24 hours is necessary when operating with uranium and thorium. 
a fluorescent screen is vividly illuminated by contact with the new radioactive bodies whilst no trace of luminosity is visible with uranium and thorium finally the ionizing action upon air is considerably stronger in the ratio of ten to the power of six approximately but it is strictly speaking not possible to estimate the total intensity of the radiation as in the case of uranium by the electrical method described at the beginning figure one with uranium for example the radiation is almost completely absorbed by the layer of air between the plates and the limiting current is reached at a tension of one hundred volts but the case is different for strongly radioactive bodies one portion of the radiation of radium consists of very penetrating rays which penetrate the condenser and the metallic plates and are not utilized in ionizing the air between the plates further the limiting current cannot always be obtained for the tensions supplied for example with very active polonium the current remains proportional to the tension between one hundred and five hundred volts therefore the experimental conditions which give a simple interpretation are not realized and consequently the numbers obtained cannot be taken as representing the measurement of the total radiation they merely point to a rough approximation complex nature of the radiation the researches of various physicists messieurs becquerel meyer and von schweidler giesel villard rutherford monsieur and madame curie have proved the complex nature of the radiation of radioactive bodies it will be convenient to specify three kinds of rays which i shall denote according to the notation adopted by mr rutherford by the letters alpha beta gamma one the alpha rays are very slightly penetrating and appear to constitute the principal part of the radiation these rays are characterized by the laws by which they are absorbed by matter the magnetic field acts very slightly upon them and they were formerly thought to be quite unaffected by the action of this field however in a strong magnetic field the alpha rays are slightly deflected the deflection is caused in the same manner as with cathode rays but the direction of the deflection is reversed it is the same as for the canal rays of the crookes tubes two the beta rays are less absorbable as a whole than the preceding ones they are deflected by a magnetic field in the same manner and direction as cathode rays three the gamma rays are penetrating rays unaffected by the magnetic field and comparable to Röntgen rays consider the following imaginary experiment some radium r is placed at the bottom of a small deep cavity hollowed in a block of lead p figure four a sheaf of rays rectilinear and slightly expanded streams from the receptacle let us suppose that a strong uniform magnetic field is established in the neighborhood of the receptacle normal to the plane of the figure and directed towards the back the three groups of rays alpha beta gamma will now be separated then rather faint gamma rays continue in their straight path without a trace of deviation 
the beta rays are deflected in the manner of cathode rays and describe circular paths in the plane of the figure if the receptacle is placed on a photographic plate ac the portion bc of the plate which receives the beta rays is acted upon lastly the alpha rays form a very intense shaft which is slightly deflected and which is soon absorbed by the air these rays describe in the plane of the figure a path of great curvature the direction of the deflection being the reverse of that with the beta rays if the receptacle is covered with a thin sheet of aluminium 0.1 millimeters thick the alpha rays are suppressed almost entirely the beta rays are lessened and the gamma rays do not appear to be absorbed to any great extent action of the magnetic field we have seen that the rays emitted by radioactive bodies have many properties common to cathode rays and to röntgen rays cathode rays as well as röntgen rays ionize the air act on photographic plates cause fluorescence undergo no regular deflection but the cathode rays differ from Röntgen rays in being deflected from their rectilinear path by the action of the magnetic field and in the transportation of charges of negative electricity. The fact that the magnetic field acts upon the rays emitted by radioactive substances was discovered almost simultaneously by Messrs. Giesel, Meyer and von Schweidler and Becquerel. These physicists observed that the rays of radioactive substances are deflected by the magnetic field in the same manner and direction as the cathode rays. Their observations were in relations to the beta rays. M. Curie demonstrated that the radiation of radium comprises two groups of quite distinct rays, of which one is readily deflected by the magnetic field, beta rays, whilst the other seems to be unaffected by the action of this field, alpha and gamma rays. M. Becquerel did not find that the specimens of polonium prepared by us emitted rays of the cathode kind. On the contrary, he first noticed the effect of the magnetic field on a specimen of polonium prepared by himself. None of the polonium prepared by us ever gave rise to rays of the cathode order. The polonium of M. Giesel only gives rise to these rays when recently prepared, and it is probable that the emission is due to the phenomenon of induced radioactivity, of which we shall speak later. The following are experiments which prove that one portion of the radiation of radium, and one portion only, consists of easily deflected rays, beta rays. These experiments were done according to the electrical method. The radioactive body A, figure 5, sends forth radiations in the direction AD between the plates P and P'. The plate P is now at a potential of 500 volts. Plate P' is connected to an electrometer and to a quartz electric piezometer. The intensity of the current passing through the air under the influence of the radiations is measured. The magnetic field can be established at will, perpendicular to the plane of the figure over the whole region EEEE. -E -E. If the rays are deflected, even slightly, they no longer pass between the plates and the current is suppressed. 
the region of the passage of the rays is surrounded with masses of lead b b prime b double prime and by the armatures of the electromagnet when the rays are deflected they are absorbed by the masses of lead b and b prime the results obtained depend essentially on the distance ad of the radiating substance a from the condenser at d if the distance ad is great enough greater than seven centimeters most of the radium rays ninety to one hundred percent arriving at the condenser are deflected and suppressed for a field of two thousand five hundred units these are the beta rays if the distance ad is less than sixty five millimeters a smaller part of the rays are deflected by the action of the field this portion is also entirely deflected by a field of two thousand five hundred units and the proportion of the rays suppressed is not increased by increasing the field from two thousand five hundred to seven thousand units the proportion of the rays not suppressed by the field increases with decrease of the distance ad between the radiating body and the condenser for small distances the rays which can be easily deflected form a very small fraction of the total radiation the penetrating rays are therefore for the most part deviable rays of the cathode order beta rays under the experimental conditions just described the action of the magnetic field on the alpha rays could not be well observed for the fields employed the chief radiation apparently undergoing no deflection observed at a short distance from the radiating source consisted of alpha rays the undeflected radiation observed at a greater distance consisted of gamma rays if an absorbing lamina aluminium or black paper is placed in the path of the bundle of rays those which pass through are nearly all deflected by the field in such a way that with the aid of the screen and the magnetic field almost all the radiation is suppressed in the condenser the remainder being due to the gamma rays the proportion of which is small the alpha rays are absorbed by the screen an aluminium plate of one one hundredth millimeter thickness is sufficient for the suppression of almost all the rays not readily deflected when the substance is far enough from the condenser for smaller distances thirty four millimeters and fifty one millimeters two pieces of this aluminium foil are necessary to give the same result similar determinations were made with four substances containing radium chlorides or carbonates of very different activity analogous results were obtained it may be remarked that in all cases the penetrating rays deflected by the magnet beta rays form only a small fraction of the total radiation they influence but slightly the determinations in which the whole radiation is made use of to produce conductivity of the air the radiation emitted by polonium may be studied by the electrical method when the distance a d of the polonium from the condenser is varied no current is observed at first while the distance is fairly great on nearing the polonium the radiation suddenly becomes manifest with great intensity the current then increases uniformly whilst approaching the polonium 
but the magnetic field produces no appreciable effect under these conditions. The radiation of polonium is apparently limited in space, and does not pass into the air beyond a kind of sheath surrounding the substance to a thickness of several centimeters. The interpretation of the experiments I have just described must be accompanied by some important general reservations. In speaking of the proportion of the rays deflected by the magnet, I refer only to that portion of the radiation capable of causing a current in the condenser. In employing the fluorescent action of the Becquerel rays, or their action on photographic plates, the proportion would probably be different a measure of intensity having, as a rule, no meaning except for the method of measurement adopted. The rays of polonium are alpha rays. In the experiments just described, I observed no action of the magnetic field upon them, but the experimental conditions were such that a slight deflection would pass unnoticed. The experiments made by the radiographic method confirmed the preceding results. Taking radium as the source of radiation, and receiving the impression on a plate parallel to the primitive shaft and normal to the field, a very clear print is obtained of two shafts separated by the action of the field, the one deflected, the other not deflected. The beta rays constitute the deflected beam, the alpha rays, being very slightly deflected, are not to be distinguished from the undeflected bundle of the gamma rays. Deflected beta rays. The experiments of M. Giesel and M. Meyer and von Schweidler showed that the radiation of the radioactive bodies is, in part at least, deflected by a magnetic field, and that this deflection resembles that of the cathode rays. M. Becquerel investigated the action of the field on the rays by the radiographic method. The experimental arrangement was that of figure 4. The radium was placed in the lead receptacle P, and this receptacle was placed on the sensitive face of a photographic plate, AC, covered with black paper. The hole was placed between the poles of an electromagnet, the magnetic field being normal to the plane of the figure. If the field is directed to the back of this plane, the part BC of the plate is acted upon by rays which, after having described circular paths, return to the plate and strike it at a right angle. These rays are beta rays. M. Becquerel has demonstrated that the impression consists of a wide diffused band, a continuous spectrum indeed, showing that the sheaf of deviable rays emitted by the source is formed of an infinite number of radiations unequally deflected. If the gelatin of the plate be covered with different absorbent screens, paper, glass, metals, one portion of the spectrum is suppressed, and it is found that the rays most deflected by the magnetic field, otherwise those which have the smallest radius of curvature, are the most completely absorbed. With each screen, the impression on the plate begins at a certain distance from the source of radiation, this distance being proportional to the absorptive power of the screen. Charge of the deflected rays The cathode rays are, as shown by M. Perrin, 
charged with negative electricity. Further, according to the experiments of M. Perrin and M. Lenard, they are capable of carrying their charge through the metallic envelopes connected to earth and through isolating screens. At every point where the cathode rays are absorbed, there is a continuous evolution of negative electricity. We have proved that the same is the case for the deflected beta rays of radium. The deviable beta rays of radium are charged with negative electricity. Note. Let the radioactive substance be placed on one of the plates of a condenser, this plate being connected to earth. The second plate is connected to an electrometer. It receives and absorbs the rays emitted by the substance. If the rays are charged, a continuous flow of electricity into the electrometer should be observed. In this experiment, carried out in air, we were not able to detect the charge accompanying the rays, but such an experiment is not delicate. The air between the plates being caused by the rays to conduct, the electrometer is no longer isolated, and can only respond to charges if these be sufficiently strong. In order that the alpha rays may not interfere with the experiments, they may be suppressed by covering the source of radiation with a thin metallic screen. We repeated this experiment, without more success, by causing the rays to pass through the interior of a Faraday cylinder in connection with the electrometer. End note. According to the preceding experiments, it was evident that the charge of the rays of the radiating body employed was a weak one. In order to fix a feeble evolution of electricity upon the conductor which absorbs the rays, this conductor should be completely insulated. This is effected by screening it from the air, either by placing it in a tube with a very perfect vacuum, or by surrounding it with a good solid dielectric. We employed the latter arrangement. A conducting disc, MM, figure 6, is connected by the wire T to the electrometer. The disc and wire are completely enveloped by the insulating substance IIII. The whole is again surrounded with the metallic covering EEEE, -E -E, which is in electric connection with the earth. The insulator PP and the metallic envelope are very thin upon one of the faces of the disc. This face is exposed to the radiation of the barium and radium salt, R, placed outside in a lead receptacle. The rays emitted by the radium penetrate the metallic envelope and the insulating lamina, PP, and are absorbed by the metallic disc, MM. The latter then becomes the source of a continuous evolution of negative electricity, as determined by the electrometer and is measured by means of a quartz piezometer. The current thus created is very weak. With every active barium-radium chloride forming a layer of 2.5 square centimeters in area and of 0.2 centimeters in thickness, a current of magnitude 10 to the power of minus 11 ampere is obtained the rays utilized having traversed, before being absorbed by the disc MM, a thickness of aluminium of 0.01 mm and a thickness of ebonite of 0.3 mm. 
we used successively lead, copper, and zinc for the disc MM, ebonite and paraffin for the insulator. The results obtained were the same. The current diminishes with increasing distance from the source of radiation R, also when a less active product is used. We obtained the same results again when the disc MM is replaced by a Faraday cylinder filled with air and covered outside with insulating material. The opening of the cylinder, closed by the thin insulating plate PP, was opposite the radiating source. Finally, we made the inverse experiment, which was to place the lead receptacle with the radium in the center of the insulating material and in connection with the electrometer, figure 7, the whole being surrounded with the metallic covering connected to earth. Under these conditions, it is evident from the electrometer that the radium has a positive charge equal in magnitude to the negative charge of the former experiment. The radium rays penetrate the thin dielectric plate PP and leave the conductor inside, carrying with them negative electricity. The alpha rays of radium do not interfere in these experiments, being almost completely absorbed by a very thin layer of matter. The method just described is not suitable for the study of the charge of the rays of polonium, these rays very slightly penetrating. We observed no indication of any charge in the case of polonium, which gives rise to alpha rays only, but, for the reason just given, no conclusion can be drawn from this. Thus, in the case of the deflected beta rays of radium, as in the case of cathode rays, the rays carry a charge of electricity. But, hitherto, the existence of electric charges uncombined with matter has been unknown. In the study of the emission of the beta rays of radium, we are therefore led to make use of the theory which is in vogue for the study of cathode rays. In this ballistic theory, formulated by Sir William Crookes, since developed and completed by Professor J. J. Thompson, the cathode rays consist of extremely minute particles, which are hurled from the cathode with great velocity, and which are charged with negative electricity. We might similarly conceive that radium sends into space negatively electrified particles. A specimen of radium, enclosed in a solid, thin, perfectly insulated envelope, should become spontaneously charged to a very high potential. By the ballistic hypothesis, the potential would increase until the potential difference of the surrounding conductors became sufficient to hinder the ejection of the electrified particles and to cause their return to the source of radiation. We have performed an experiment on these lines. A specimen of very active radium was enclosed for some time in a glass vessel. In order to open the vessel, we made a trace on the glass with a glass cutter. Whilst so doing, we clearly heard the report of a spark, and upon examining the vessel with a magnifying glass, we observed that the glass had been pierced by a spark at the spot where it had been weakened by the scratch. The phenomenon produced is comparable to the rupture of a glass of an overcharged Leyden jar. The same phenomenon occurred with another glass. Further, at the moment of the passing of the spark, Monsieur Curie, who was holding the glass, 
felt the electric shock of discharge in his fingers. Certain kinds of glass have good insulating properties. If the radium is enclosed in a sealed glass vessel, well insulated, it is to be expected that, at a given moment, the vessel will be spontaneously perforated. Radium is the first example of a body which is spontaneously charged with electricity. End of section 5